0: We are in Champions League, man. That was my Dilly do dong, come <laughs> on. Into Messi, And Sheringham, <laughs> i I will love it if we beat them. Love it. This is the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast with Gary Kearney. Aguero.
1: Hi, welcome to the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast. My name is Gary Curnine. Joining me for this episode is Earl Barrett. Earl played in the Premier League in the early 90s for Man City, Oldham, Aston Villa, Everton, Sheffield Wednesday, and then played for England 11 times on top of that. So he moved on to the coaching side with Stoke City Academy and then came over to the US, is now based in Houston at Rice Soccer Club works alongside my good friend Tarek Doozy. so as soon as Taz told me he was working with him I thought he would be a great guy to have for the podcast largely because I remember him growing up and it was during an era that I was I was really really hooked on the game and I, I watched it differently than how I watch football today and I think whether it's the commercialism or whether it's moving on to the coaching side but I view the game back then that it was played with such passion and such competitiveness and a real honesty about the game and I've always been curious to see people that were involved the players and coaches and how they viewed it at the time and how they view the game now and especially people who move on to the coaching side and can give us a little bit of insight as to people that they worked for and what they've taken from them so this is great for Merle, he goes into great detail of how his mindset was, how he took care of his of his of his game and how he made sure he was ready and then the, the great characters he played for and the great characters he played alongside and and one or two funny stories in there as well. So hope you enjoy it. Um if you do please shoot some feedback, keep spreading the word. I really appreciate everyone um tweeting about it and posting about the podcast and please keep it going and, and hope you enjoy. Thanks for joining me today, Earl. I really appreciate it. No problem. i got to start with a manager, a coach, that I've read an awful lot about. And I've always wondered from a player's perspective what he was like. So tell us about Big Ron, please.
0: Really, Ron, was, Ron was great. Um, I mean, obviously he did what he did um, regarding Marcel Desailly. Uh, but, you know, as, as, a, as a guy who um, who who... Who kind of uh, he, kind of head headhunted me to come and play for Villa? Um, he was great for me. Um, he, I mean, people say he didn't he didn't do anything on the training pitch. He 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 did because he played. He played in games, <laughs> as if he was he acted like a flipping a young whipper snapper. Um, and he, he he'd be saying things like, "Oh, find your best player, find your best player," which you mean it was him, but but obviously he he wasn't. So, um, but he, you know, he was great. I mean, in in training, he'd um. He would get involved with the, with the players. He'd be around the players. Um, he'd always trying to uh, make, make have a laugh with the players and, and stuff like that. And as regards coaching, he knew what he was doing, you know. And he he, he picked a he picked. Um, and sometimes I think he he, he picked. I won't say misfits, but players who didn't quite do it somewhere, and 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 players who have done it somewhere, and he pick put all these these bunch of players together. And you know, when he when he picked them for Aston Villa, we were. We were unbelievable, you know. The, the the two seasons I was there, um, two of the seasons I was there, we we were great. I mean, we, the way we played with Steve Staunton, Paul McGraw, myself, Neil Cox, um, Hugo Ekiog, Darren Atkinson, Dean Saunders, uh, lo- lots more, you know. The, and you know, Dwight York was there as well. Paul, you know, and I say, they were just just uh, f- fantastic players. He, he got us playing, and he got us playing in in, in a fashion that. Uh, we played through the thirds of the field, and we we scored loads of goals. We got crossed into the box. It was exciting stuff, and and we come we come we come second to Man United, and in in, in 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 one season, and and we you know it was just it was just fantastic. And he he was the he was the kind of the the, the orchestrator of that. Yeah, they're good teams to watch too. Like I, I remember
1: that I was a United fan growing up, so that that ninety three season, like yes. Villa were great to watch. Then was that was there an element of like, was he like Keegan, you know, like express yourself, go out and enjoy your football or was there a, was there a tactical discipline in what he did or how did he work the team shape? Um, there, there was a, there was
0: a tactical discipline Um, but we, we, we just made sure, he, he his, his, um, his way of getting the best out of us was, yes, to challenge us in training but also to make sure we were together. So, we'd, we'd you know, we'd, we'd it it have, um, Nights, we would go out all together, and that that was his that was his kind of uh, ace in the pack, really, to make sure we were together. So whatever we did, we did it together, and we were a bunch of guys. If we if we got in trouble, we were in trouble together. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If something happened, we oh, were all we're all together. So that yeah, there was a tactical discipline, and, and and yeah, we worked on attacking principles of play. But it was it was about our togetherness that we had on 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 the field, and it was it was it was second to none, really. And that's why we. We, we probably did as, as 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 well as we we actually did.
1: Mm. When when you're talking about especially kids today, you know everyone's talking about you know life being fair and you know treating players fairly, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Like the 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 textbook standard of of a textbook example of treating a player differently from anywhere else is Paul McGrath, right? Because yes, he was so as a player you know i always wondered like did that did that ever rub you the wrong way that like he basically did nothing during the week and then played the matches no I,
0: again i just think you you look, you look at certain individuals and you look at you look at um what they're about and and paul mcgraw was that was a, a um a a gentle giant and a fantastic player he's the, he's the best player i've played with he really is and and, and he he you just know on a Saturday or on a match day, he's pulling, he's pulling out everything to stop the ball going in the, in the goal, absolutely everything. And we and 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 there's always that understanding that we knew how good he was, and he had the respect of everybody. He really did have respect of every single player in the team, or in the squad. And we knew that he, he had he had knee problems, and we knew that he, he can couldn't train every day. But we knew on a on a on a match day he'd be the quickest guy on the field he be the strongest guy in the field and the most resolute and and competitive guy in the field. So you got a guy like that, yeah. Give him, give him all the rest he wants, and 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 because you know you 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 drag him out to play a game, he'll, he'll be there with you, and he'll be right in front of you, fighting everybody to to stop the ball going in the back of the goal. You know.
1: Like from Atkinson's point of view, was it an unwritten? Like, did he ever speak about it? You know, hey, listen, boys. McGrath's not training this week. You know what to do, or was it? Was it just everyone got on with it because it was? Maybe it was that? It was that
0: uh, glaring? I, I don't remember. Well, I don't remember uh, any meetings to say that. Oh, listen, guys, Paul McGrath, he's got bad knees. Yes, he, he has to take two or three days out after training and blah. blah. We 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 just kind of all knew, you know, and, and uh, you know, there's no meeting. Everybody knew what the situation was, and it was a case of it was. Let, let's wrap wrap Maca up in cotton wool. And then we'll drag him out on a on a Friday for a little a little five side or a little walk around, and we know on Saturday he'll be the top man, and and invariably he was.
1: It's brilliant though. Now you know, like even that that was what twenty odd years ago, and even now, yeah. Coach any coach that like is is in their thirties or forties is like, like, if 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 a trainer comes to me and is like here such-and-such is struggling this week, you know, and you might want to hold back. The first thing I think about is Paul McGrath. Like, if it's it's good enough for McGrath, it's good enough for me. Um, It
0: is. I I think, I think, uh, I also think that, 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 uh, you know, so, so I think players know too much now. Mm. And they'll start talking about, uh, "Ah, listen, when, 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 you know, and, and you're talking kids here now, but, but, um, certain kids, they they start talking about muscle joints and and and, and t- naming muscles and everything. I did not know a, a, a name of a muscle when I was a kid.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Qu- quads and and hamstring. And, and that's that's all I knew. When they start when they start talking about you, you're flipping latissimus dorsi and you're flipping this. <laughs> you think, <laughs> they just what? What? What's, where's that? Is that an This or something. Yeah. But <laughs> you know what I mean. So. You know what I mean? <laughs> when 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 kids start talking like that, you think, "Oh, we got a problem here." And, and that's mm-hmm. that's when I, I worry about some kids when they when they they start naming muscle muscles in relation to their injury. I think, "Oh, well, that 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 doesn't sound right." To and me. You know what? In, my, in in that day as well, guys didn't want to be. Guys didn't want to not train. Mm-hmm. Guys didn't want to not train because the kind of the attitude was, if you, but certainly for me. If I didn't train, that was um one training session where I could have got where where I've missed that I could have gone a little that I could have be a little bit sharper for my preparation for the game. Mm-hmm. That was that was that was my psyche. My psyche was I had to train and and train the way I wanted to play. And every training session was a build up to me peaking at on game day. So if I didn't train. The, the 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 dilemma is, oh flipping! Look, I might not be sharp in the game today because I didn't train on on Tuesday, and he's now "You know what I mean?" That's that's mm-hmm. that's that was I. That's how I kind of worked it, kind of thing.
1: Joe Royal was the manager when you were at Oldham, and then yeah. re-signed you with Everton. Yeah. Did he change as a manager because he was at a higher level, or did he do the same things at Everton that he did with Oldham?
0: Pretty much the same thing. obviously, I think I think. Um, as a manager uh, or a coach you there's no you have your philosophy and your way of dealing with things and you tweak it according to the individual you have to you have to you can't say okay um, this is how I think and that's the way for everybody because everybody's a little bit different you know and and, and he, um, he he tweaked things according to the the um, the players he was dealing with and 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 that's what he did. But but the his philosophy was exactly the same. He just managed things a, a little bit differently because you had to tweak things and you're dealing with you know you know, you're probably dealing with uh, bigger egos at Everton than you were than you were at Oldham Athletic. Mm-hmm. So you have to you have to manage that and it's um, you've got to manage individuals and he, he did that fairly well. Is that the skill at the highest level of, of those guys, the Premier League managers? Is man management
1: as big as the tactical piece? Yeah.
0: I Tactical, tactical is obviously big because you're you're looking for you're looking for um, um. Little little uh, opportunities and little little moments where you think you can exploit the uh, the opposition. But that aside, let's say your know, managers understand that bit and everything. It is about man management. You ain't you ain't talk, You ain't telling telling uh, uh, players how to kick a football, how to cross a ball, or how to pass it. You 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 man you're managing the people and 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 playing, managing the players now these players anything could be going on in their lives, absolutely anything. So you're managing that as well. You're not managing just just the soccer side. You're managing the 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 the, the life side, the life skills side. Of, you know what's going on in their life. Have they been just broken up from their from their girlfriend, wife? Um, you know, you know what is it? And so you you kind of managing that side of it because ultimately, um, if you're one of my players. And you're you're going through a, a, whatever you're going through outside of football. If I manage that right, you play well for me in the, in the in the football side of it. If I don't manage it right, or if I'm not aware about it, then I'll, it'll affect you on the on the on the field. And I can't be having that because I need I need you hundred percent. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that's I think that's 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 the same anywhere. I think at any level, you kind of manage manage kids, you manage players so that they perform on the field and. And you know, it's, I think it's, it's uh, incumbent of a coach to do that. Mm-hmm. That just
1: going back to that Villa squad. Then you mentioned some of the you know the kind of a, an all sorts mix of players. Hello. But the Saunders, Bosnich, Kevin Richardson, McGrath, Staunton, York. Like there's a lot of characters in that in that changing yeah. room. Um, how do you like today? we we're, we're, we seem to be losing characters? Would you agree yeah. or disagree?
0: Oh we're definitely losing characters. Um the the culture's different. I th- I think um well it's it's nothing I've read, it's it's just i I'll, I'll look at the way I was brought up uh and the culture of how I was brought up um and the time. Yeah I mean I, I always think I always think um because uh older players were more had to be more independent um and I just mean just are more streetwise. They've got more. They've got a little bit more about them. They've got a little bit more uh, character around them. Not a little bit more character, but a little bit more um, something. Whatever that something is, mm-hmm. and they've had to fend for themselves, so they they, they speak up and they talk and they they, they they start managing things. Whereas I think these days and that I, I do it with my kids. I've got three three girls. I, I ferry them everywhere. Don't have to really have to fend for themselves. because we're around them. We're smothering them with love and 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 support and everything so they they they're having less to fend for themselves you know and I, and I wonder if that's that's part of it part of why these days it's players are i mean there are some there are some who, who who they're characters and they will they will kind of try and run things and they'll they'll try and manage things but I wonder if that's one of the reasons i i i don't know i'm not i'm not an expert on that
1: mm. Whenever you moved to, you know, being involved in the England setup, what was what was the difference in those those players in England and com- compared to your club players? Like, what set what set the top players apart? Was it a mentality, an
0: attitude, skill level? What what stood out for you? All all of what you said really, really, um, it is a mentality, and and um, and I think also there's there's um you know, when, when when my first time I went to England, you kind of I'm kind of a a little bit of a fish out of water because I wasn't really involved in the England setup as as a as a young young kid, you know. And some of these guys, since the since the age of sixteen, they've been involved with the England setup, so they they're quite comfortable and just they just meet up and they are fine and everything like that, and and it's all good. But me, I was like a bit of a fish out of water, and um, I come there and and um, and and I wasn't greeted. Partic- I wasn't greeted particularly, but the way. Everyone was talking. Just involved you, and I remember. I just remember, just like Gaza. He was, and he was life and soul Gaza, and he was just messing about. And but he, he, didn't involved me, which meant listen, you, you, you're one of us now, mate. Just don't, you don't, don't worry about anything. You, you're one of us. Don't you? And it was that. That's how it made me feel anyway. And he didn't say anything like you're one of us. He, he, he just the way people act around you it was just really good. And I, I got kind of uh, embraced into that kind of setup. But the, the players are world, you know. Arguably, some of these players are world class. Gaz are mm. world class. Lineker, world class. You know, they're getting any any international team. So you, you know, Des Walker, world class defender. And so you look at these players around you. You think, wow, but <laughs> this is this is incredible. And you're you're part of that setup. It's phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Mm. And I just I just thought, well, listen, I got I got a flipping. Uh, I can't let these guys down. I got to be on my A game to to be to be around these guys and to and to maintain some sort of level so I can stay around these guys because this is what this is what I want, you know. And it's um, it, was, it was great.
1: Mm-hmm. What um, I watched, uh, I came across a game a few weeks ago when it was it was your tour to America. Um, okay, you, you played against Germany. Yeah, um, and I never like I don't remember it as a, I remember the the US game that you lost, but I don't yeah. remember the Germany game. But it looked as if it looked as if you had, you played without, you, I think you were centre back, it looked as if you played without a defensive midfielder and you just got wellied, like they were coming at you, yeah. Mahler was coming at you yeah. all day. Was there a yeah. stage, was there a stage that, because that was around the time that the game started to change, more money, commercialism, etc. Did, yeah. do you feel, was there a stage of your career as a player that you felt the game started to change tactically?
0: Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say there was a stage where I thought, yeah, you know, it's definitely changing and everything like that. I think you just, I think as me as a player, I, I, I just try to roll with whatever was in front of me. So if you, if, you, um, if if someone asks you to play a certain position then you, you can try and learn whatever it is. If you're playing with you know, we predominantly play four four two, but then if you're playing a three five two. It's, yeah, it's difficult, and you got you challenge yourself to understand what, everything that's going on. But then, you've got to roll with it, and you've got to adapt uh, to what it, what is in front of you, what's what's going on on the field, and still have that kind of defensive discipline or uh, that discipline of of, uh, of of how you're playing, you know. And uh, I, you know, I wouldn't say there's a moment. Um, I, what what I'd say there was a, there was a culture shift um, for me in the mid. I said. Maybe early to mid 90s was a culture shift in that um, the 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 archetypal soccer player would um, have a game on a Saturday, go out drinking Saturday evening. Some would go out drinking Sunday, and then train all the way through the week, and then the the the, the cycle would happen again. There was a, in the mid early to mid 90s. There was a shift in that. Um, soccer players would play on a Saturday. They maybe have a couple of drinks on a Sunday. Would be in Sunday, sorry, a couple of drinks on a Saturday. They'd be in Sunday uh, uh, recovery or, or, or whatever you want to say on on a or an easy session on a, on, a, on a Sunday. Then Monday you you you'd you'd, 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 um, you'd do a kind of debrief of the session and so, so things. So that that changed the mentality in that. Players weren't just uh, uh, playing games and then getting going out, getting absolutely lashed, and then you know what I mean, and then uh-huh. and then preparing for the week. So that there was a there was a change in, in the the um, the nutritional side, if that's if that's the right word, uh, or the preparation side of what you what you shouldn't should be doing because of dehydration. That that was a that was the biggest thing that that I saw.
1: Don't strike me as someone who would
0: be out having three
1: nights of pain, sir.
0: Right or wrong. Yeah, listen. I, I enjoyed myself as much as anybody, but um, I made sure that I did it at the right times. If, if if I was doing that, and and you know, I I wasn't leery. I wasn't. Um, um, I, I was I was almost like invisible. I'd go out, and if I was if I was drunk anywhere, it'd be in a corner somewhere, and 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 it'd be out of the way. You you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I'd, I'd be having a good time out of the way somewhere where where it, where it wasn't it wasn't a distraction to anybody. It wasn't I wasn't getting in anybody's face or anything like that. But I, I had a great time with some some. My, my pals in from Rochdale and everything, but but it was it was done in the right way. Now, um, but I was for me, uh, soccer had to work, and and um, I made it work. So there's nothing that was going to get in the way. Drink wasn't get wasn't going to get in the way. Women weren't going to get in the way. Other soccer players weren't going to get in the way. Mm. Nobody's going to get in the way for me playing soccer at prof- a professional level. So and I kind of based my career on that. That's me kind of. Foundation of this, nothing's going to get in the way for me progressing or or trying to progress, and that that was that was kind of my kind of way of dealing with stuff.
1: Love that, love that.
0: Right now you're involved in the in the youth side in the in the
1: US here. What's your yeah. biggest frustration or what annoys you about the game over here?
0: <laughs> what annoys me? Referees. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! What are they on? <laughs> No, I think I think um, in all seriousness, I think when when um, and I've I've seen this, and I think you know there is a serious side to this. In that, um, you know, yeah, we all get referees, and, 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 and you know, essentially, referees they're doing a the job, and I respect what they're trying to do. But if if a referee can, can if a referee changes the outcome of a game by how he's refereeing it. Because certain things have happened in the game, that that can't be right. Mm-hmm. Now take that as you will. Mm-hmm. But that can't be right, and and if referees do that, then that's that that no that 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 is frustrating. Mm. You know, it's really frustrating. Um, and that that side, I think some of the there's a difference in rules in, in uh, over here. The handball situation um, in Europe, you can ha- you can hand. The ball can hit your hand, and it's not a handball. Over here, every time it hits your hand, it's a handball. Mm-hmm. Every single time. So, so I could blast the ball from two yards away to you, and it hits your hand. It's a handball, but I've, you've got no time to move your arm. Mm-hmm. What well, you know? So it's that's 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 quite frustrating.
1: What's the what's the thing you enjoy most about it over here?
0: The I like the uh, well to me. The weather. I know it's roasting hot a little bit, but, but at times in in Houston, but I, the, the weather's great. I mean, just the, the, one of the first first couple of months I came here it was in October, and um, so obviously in the UK it's it's cold, but you you walk out, you're in shorts, t-shirt, and that that warm that warm breeze is just it's, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's, it's absolutely great. It's a bit cold now, like, but but it's but it's beautiful. And that that is just I, I love that and. And we're in Houston, and 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 part of part of that is, is, how, um, is how multicultural it is as well. Mm. It's just you know there's every every kind of race, culture, and everything in, in, in around the city around the city. I think it's fantastic. You know, it's um, it's great.
1: Last question for you. Yep. Best player you played against.
0: Oh wow. Um, there's a few. I mean, yeah. Ryan Giggs, Klinsmann. I played against that game. We played against Germany. Klinsmann was in that team. I played against Klinsmann. Um, what paying heck? What was Cle- what mean,
1: was what was it about
0: Klinsmann? He he was. um movement? His work rate. His mm. work rate. His movement. And you got and for me, I, again, part of part of me trying to be. Um, a good pro and, and improve was, I love playing against people like that, because, and my 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 way of thinking was that if if I can do a job against this world class player, I'm not bad. Not that I'm great, I'm I'm just I'm not bad, and that that was my 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 dealing with stuff. Now I I wanted to play against like Sir Ryan Giggs and Ian Wright and Queensman and I went and, and, and Alan Shearer. I wanted to play against these players because. I need to know how good I might be or how good I can get or how good what how, how good I have to be to to be around these players and and be able to uh deal with these players. Cantonars one I played against as well. You know just just great great players which I enjoy playing against even though at times I came off second best. But it's great because you're learning all the time and you you know and I think I when I, when I was when I, when I used to play, I used to think about right what what's what's the asset of this player in front of me? what are the assets is he left footed right footed is he quick is he strong is he, is he tall is he good in the air and this is this is all right some some of you you know already but some you might not know so i've be I've been working things out in the game of how i can how I can deal with this player you know and 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 during the game as well. During the game as well, there'd be, there'd be people who, who would... um d- Does he hold the ball up well? Can I nip in front? Is he too strong? Is he You know, there's all these things that are going through my head during the game. So, yeah, there's certain things you know. I know Cantona's six-foot-three. He's been a bit like a brick you-know-what and he's, he's strong. He's got great skills. But what about the things that you only know if you play against him? Mm. You know, what I mean, I, and I'd be working all these things out, and so it was. It's great playing against these players, and, and you know, the names I mentioned—they were just—they were just a few. The, you, you play Premier League you, every week, there's at least one, you yeah. know, possibly two or three that you—they're a world class, and you got you got to deal with. It's great. Which player was world class?
1: Uh, but talk about either the personality or the attitude. Probably didn't get as much out of their career.
0: World class. Oh bloody hell! Well, a player I played with, um, um, Paolo Di Canio, could do anything with the ball, and he was—he's was unbelievable. He really, really was. Um and um, i, I mean, he's—he's he's a bit different. <laughs> he's a bit, bit different. Bit, and he's, he's an intelligent guy. He was very challenging of, of people and and managers, and that's maybe why things did. You know, he didn't go as far as he could have done, maybe, maybe, although he played at a decent level. Um, you know, and, and I mean, I mean, well, we mentioned somebody as well, Paul McGrath, who who did play for his country lots of times, but, but obviously he had knee knee problems. And you know, imagine what he would have how, how how great he would have been. He was a great, great, great player. Imagine how great it would have been if he didn't have knee problems, if he didn't have other problems that that, that maybe he had. So he, he's he's. Probably one of the best players I've, I've ever played with, Paul McGrath. You know, gentle giant. I used to room with him as well. He's great, great, you know, really good guy. Uh, another guy I played with is again that, from the Aston Villa team, Daley Atkinson. Mm. Should, have, should have played for England loads and loads of times because he was big, quick, strong, a finisher. And when I, mean, when, when I talk about finishers, people say, "Oh, he's, he's a finisher." What you know? What does that mean for me? It means that. For me, a finisher can pass the ball in the goal without any power, and it'll go in the goal, and the goalkeeper can't do anything about it. That's a finisher, or someone who the ball flashes across the box, he'll put something on it, and it'll go towards goal, ninety percent of the time. That's a finisher, or it'll come off the backside, and because they're in the right place at the right time, it'll go towards goal. You know that that's that's why I class the finisher. And Daley Atkinson was one of the, one of those players, as well as the skills he had, the height he had, um, the the the. the strength and speed he had it's been incredible
1: alright Earl I, I appreciate it thanks so no
0: much problem.
1: for joining Thank. us. thanks so much to Earl for joining me for that there I hope you enjoyed it uh, big takeaways for me there is, is obviously towards the end there where he's talking about how he approached different opponents how he prepared for playing against the Cantona or playing against the decanio and how he, he thought about it and how he mentally prepared for it and got himself ready and how he kind of made the decisions in his lifestyle where the Premier League was going through a little bit of a shift in terms of players maybe committing more to diet and nutrition and maybe committing less to the social side of the game so um, and then obviously you know playing in a team where characters and I really think that's a big point that that isn't addressed enough today is like where where are these characters coming from today and how can we develop locker rooms and teams that people are going to be more vocal and going to communicate with each other and hold each other accountable rather than waiting for a coach to step in and kind of do everything all the time so I think there's room for us to grow in those areas and I think hearing for people who have a perspective that that have been involved at the highest level is always very very valuable so hope you enjoyed it if you did you know please let us know what you thought of it on twitter or facebook at gary cornean coach cornean on facebook uh, if you have any questions, Gary at modernsoccercoach.com. But I really appreciate all the feedback about the podcast so far, and there's plenty more on the way, and, and hopefully we can keep adding value and keep the content flowing and, and uh, keep, keep talking about some things that are important for the game. So thanks for everything you do for the game, and, and please keep help spreading the word. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast. For more coaching topics,